Are you sick of hearing you don't have enough experience to get work? Visit iPath.com to get the first part of our auto damage certification for free. Hello and welcome to the Independent Adjuster Podcast by IAPath. My name is Chris Stanley, and we're here to help you figure out how to get work in this industry and ultimately how to claim your life. How do independent adjusters and appraisers like us, who can't hide behind corporate logos, processes, and profits, who are spending our own money and reputation, how do we work in a way that lets us get work, assignments, deployments, and more income without wasting time or money in this world of insurance while we stand out in the crowd? That is the question, and this podcast will help guide you to the answers. My name is Chris Stanley, and this is the Independent Adjuster Podcast. Join myself and other independents on the path to non-corporate success in the insurance industry. We are IAs. All right, IAs and adjusters out there, welcome to the Independent Adjuster Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Stanley. I'm joined today... Uh, by TJ or Tanisha Johnson uh, of IPAS. She's an instructor and also a claim extraordinaire on the inside desk arena. Now, TJ uh, texted me and basically beat me up by text and Ballin told me (laughs) we needed to do some podcast episodes because of this crazy winter storm in Dallas, because some of the things she was seeing on Facebook and um, that that new people were were kind of struggling through what does this all mean should i take an opportunity thinking about quitting their jobs is that a good idea is that a bad idea so we wanted to put some info information together real quick and kind of release some episodes back to back to back here which we normally don't do so tj we left off our last episode we said hey you got to have a plan for getting on a storm like this and for hopefully succeeding in a storm like this before that we talked about you know, this storm might not be as good as you think it could be for you. And we talked about the reasons why. But this episode, we kind of wanted to set the stage for either way it goes. It's not so good or you had a plan and you made it work somehow, some way. Um, how do you figure out what to do with the future? Moving forward past this storm. Because believe it or not, there's life after the storm, whether it's good or bad result for you. So TJ, won't you start us on what you think about having a plan post the storm? Plan post the storm. So one thing I wanted to address is with the rosters, right? And we probably should have talked about this last episode, but this is probably a great entry point here for us to talk about it. So what I'm seeing is a lot of folks who are being offered deployments by three or four firms, they may have accepted one, but then saw another one, another offer with maybe a, a little bit of a difference of a fee schedule, maybe a little bit of a high, higher fee schedule. And they're like, well, I don't know what to do. Complete rookie mistake. Once you commit to a deployment, that's where you are. Here's the key differentiator. Everyone who's listening, and I know we've talked about this before, reiterate it here. If you're on standby, they have not committed to send you. They're saying we might send you TJ. Now, if you have been said, we want to deploy you to Richardson, Texas, they and do you accept? And you say yes, you are out. You are no longer a free agent. 
you have been chosen in this game of kickball adjuster, okay? So, TJ, take it back over. But I just wanted to make sure we zeroed in because there's a really fine difference being yeah. on standby and being deployed. But once you're deployed, that's one only. You're going out with somebody. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You're, you're going steady. Uh, and, and that's just what it is. So what I'm seeing is one of the one of the biggest rookie mistakes besides not uh, having a reserve or money put to the side for a storm, not having appropriate licensing, maybe not having the proper training. Although once you arrive at the storm, you will be provided with some tools to help you foundationally. But the biggest rookie mistake that I'm seeing is that folks are not showing up to deployments to take another deployment or agreeing to a deployment with a different firm with a potentially high fee schedule. Well, although there are many thousands of adjusters, the world of insurance adjusters is small. Let it's me tell you. It's a teeny tiny living space. <laughs> everybody knows everybody, I promise you, and they talk. It is a small world after all. So if you burned your bridges with Ebro's and on a state farm deployment that you committed to, and then you went over to Crawford and accepted a state farm deployment, hypothetically, because they may have been paying more. I don't know if that's true, guys. So don't quote me on that. But if hypothetically, trust me, somebody at Crawford knows somebody over at Ebro's. Somebody knows something. And more importantly, that, state, farm knows state Farm knows you. And they're you like an alias. Yes. What? If you didn't show up to our storm when you told Ebrose you would, do not call them again. And they tell all the firms who work for them. Yes. Not just one. That is the worst situation that would be damning to your career because once State Farm puts you on the DND, which is the do not deploy list, you cannot go back and work for them. And I don't know what the guidelines are or how, even if there's any rebuttal, but no is no. Once you get on the DND with State Farm, you know, and that's one of the largest insurers that uses IAs. So you don't want to put yourself out of the game before you get a chance to play. Don't do and that. Let's think about this. Even if, let's hypothetically speaking, you did get put on a DND for a, a certain carrier, let's call it State Farm. And they said, we don't, we don't want TJ anymore for whatever reason. Like she, she bailed on a deployment, whatever the reasoning is. If you think about the psyche of what the IA firm now has about you, what is their one interaction they've had with you? Your D&D for one of their major clients, if not their only client. So even if they do have other clients, are they going to call you? Likely not. not. Likely. Probably not. I mean, you're Likely kind of like, because you're not boom. Yeah, be, because you're not dependable. And one thing I've learned uh, about being in this arena is if you're consistent and you put out good work product uh, and you have a reputation, not only a good reputation, of course, with the IA firm and with the carrier, they're going to keep calling you and they're going to keep giving you work. Why? Because they know what your work product produces. They know that you're dependable. They know that you're going to be at work on time. You're going to show up. You're a team player. So that's how you start building your internal resume. So that's something that's really huge. Even if you're absolutely new, if you show up with a good attitude, ready to work, you know, of course, the good, hard, good help is so hard to find. You hear people Absolutely. say that all the time, but it's so true. So let's pretend for a second. Let's role play here that whether you got D&D or not, I don't really care. Whether you got a good storm here, we're a month down the road. This storm has settled. You are not okay. one of the TJs who were there for six, eight months. Because she will probably be working until we'll never see her again, right? She's going to be working for a while. I can promise you that. And um so but for everybody else who's new they're probably if they have a good storm or not a month from now 
this, the dust is going to settle. Some will still be working. Most will go home. What now as an adjuster, you got to think about this because what you come away with from this storm does not make or break your career or doesn't make your career, but it might break your career. True. Um, might break your spouse if you don't do it properly, right? On this career. <laughs> this yeah, is important. Absolutely. And we go back to the plan in the last episode, have a plan for how you're going to succeed in this one. But then also how we need to talk about how to go further. So um, so don't get D&D. That's first point. TJ, made a great point. Do, do not get, D&D. please do don't do that. Because it's going to be so hard to recover from that. Assuming yeah. you didn't have that happen. Yeah. Setting up a plan for the future. Um, Continuing education. Case, training uh deciding if being an ia is what it is you want to continue to pursue is this a career path for you or was that something you just wanted for the experience if in fact it's going to be a career path i would strongly suggest i would strongly recommend uh again i I can't stress this enough uh investing in your self-paced education whether you are looking at YouTube videos, whether you connect with Matthew Allen, whether you connect with uh, with Vail, or whether you connect with the IA Pass community. If you decide and you commit to being an IA, finding out what your niche is, and even talking to folks in the industry and finding out what their experiences are, because maybe that may help you decide which way you want to go. So knowing what the plan is after the plan, so that that's, you know, what primarily you're going to need to do or need to know moving forward as far as what you're going to do. Number one, is this going to be a career or was this just an experience? So depending on if this is going to be a career move for you, start investing in some continuing education. And think about this, because if you're investing in your continuing education, you might be thinking, well, well, one, I would just go to work again, TJ or Chris. Well, won't I just keep working? Uh, Typically not. If you get entered into a catastrophic environment and you work a month, the busy season, normally, this is abnormal, guys. This is yeah. very abnormal. Normally, February is a dead month for catastrophic adjusters. just no work. Um, uh, but usually, it really starts picking up in May, June. I mean, yeah, we'll have some hail in, in March, some hail in April. But hail and tornadoes really kick up in May, June, July, August. Yeah. And then we have hurricane season. So right. it's really, for a new person, usually, who doesn't have a lot of experience with about May, the kind of October is your season to really consider. So you have a gap here from April, May. So you have about a month or two there that at worst or best, you're going to get, you're going to get work in, in May. That would be the hope, but not every new person gets work during the hail season. Even if you've already had one deployment, even if you've had two, there's a core group of people you need to, kind of understand how the industry works. If you are a football player on a team of 12 guys, starters, and then 12 backup guys, and you're a backup guy, Tom Brady's probably not getting pulled to the game so you can play, right? Right. That just ain't happening. So if these 100, 200 adjusters for whatever I ate for you got to work for, they're their stable of steady starters who are going to go get that hail work and little dink and dunk storms until the big hurricanes hit typically. So yeah. don't sit here and go, I'm going to get another storm right after this. Don't. That's a bad plan. It might happen. Like this storm, it happened. I wouldn't have planned on it, right? You can't plan on it. So one of the things we suggest about, okay, so now I know I've got to wait for the next catastrophe. I liked what I had. It was cool. I made some money. I want to do it more. 
you got to wait for the next storm. You can't generate storms, right? That you're not, you can generate activity. You can go get on more rosters to enhance your ability to get deployed, to make it uh, be more opportunistic that way. You can network. Uh, but one of the things you can do is start looking at things like daily claims. If you want for property, yes, um, you're, absolutely. you're probably not going to get daily claims a lot for property. But what about desk adjusting or what about auto? Maybe looking at these other skill sets and saying, how do I get claims for those arenas while I wait for my next big storm? And that's kind of where IPATH has separated the mentality out a little bit from some of the other advice online is property is great. The money is fantastic. And my goodness, if you can get to it, get to it, right? But it's not always there. So I also, I, let me piggyback off of what you said as far as working different types of claims. So that also helps you to be marketable because a lot of people only see the catastrophe claims. Now, the pay rates and the fee schedule may be different, but again, you're still auditioning and you're proving yourself, you're in a proving ground. So if you do a great job on the catastrophe claims, like for example, let me share my story. Uh, this past uh, hurricane season, this was my first ever deployment with State Farm. So the fact that I did well on my very first deployment with them, my deployment was supposed to end. As they came back, they say, hey, you did a really great job for us. Are you opposed to working daily claims? I absolutely am not opposed to that. Absolutely. So that was even more time because I've proven myself. You all have seen my work product. Okay, let me show you another aspect of my skill set so that you all would know that I'm flexible, that I can work cat claims or I can work daily claims wherever the need is. So if, in fact, that offer comes to you because you did such a great job, on your cap deployment. And if you're offered daily claims, do not turn your nose up at the money if it's not what it is that you want because in the long run, the experience pays. My deployment with State Farm just ended February 6th. I shipped my computer off on February 7th. They called me back on last Wednesday, say, hey, are you available to work claims? So, you know, I was honored to feel like I was part of the first group to be called and I was part of the last group to go home after these last few months of working for State Farm. So um, hopefully I will continue to build a relationship with the firm and with the insurance company so that I can keep working. So I said all of that to say is be flexible in your approach as far as what type of work that you would be willing to accept. Well, also keep in mind that if you work the storm for four to six weeks, you have to understand we're just in February. Let's just say all the work starts to trickle down and it cut off in March and storm season really doesn't kick in until May or June. You have to consider your sustainability for those couple of months where you may or may not get any work. So again, goes to the long term. I'm not going to tell a person to go out and get a bunch of licenses and you can't pay your rent or your mortgage or your car note. That doesn't make sense to do that. So overall, you have to have a plan in place as far as, okay, if you're not selected to work daily claims or do any cleanup, how are you going to survive until either the next storm or the next opportunity? You get real good at networking. That's what you're going to do. You're real good at networking, getting more licenses, getting networking with more people, getting new skill sets so you can work other types of claims because Absolutely. you can't get tunnel vision. Like she said, even though we might have worked desk, even though we might have worked property or worked auto, if, if that is not producing more work and your networking is not moving the needle forward, you need mm -hmm. to go get other skill sets. Just like any business who is not selling enough of their main product 
or their preferred product is going to find ways, one, to repackage that same product. Uh, what's wrong with it? Let me try to get uh, show it to more customers and get more customers to buy. Or two, they're going to bring in other products to supplement their sales. You're going to have the candy bars at the checkout line, right? It might not right. be your home run TV that you sold if you're Best Buy. But hey, I got them to grab a Snickers on the way out and I made an extra 50 cents. We See? need to think of ourselves as a business rather than... Uh, as just an individual. If you start right. changing the way you think about things, you're going to start looking for different ways to increase your revenue and your, in turn, your income. Uh, so TJ, uh, long-term, you know, yeah, licenses are great. Getting New York's great, but that takes months, right? It takes forever. But on the desk adjusting side, there's work year round. Yes, right? absolutely. So besides working cat claims, uh, a portion or an extension of daily claims would be besides... Uh, your auto damage appraisal or inside total loss. Uh, there's also liability, which is what I teach here at IA Path. Uh, well, I teach uh, students who have little to no working knowledge of how to complete a liability investigation. I give you all the tools that you need to go out there to add this to your toolbox. So you can say, hey, not only can I scope a vehicle, not only can I write a damage estimate, not only can I negotiate a total loss or negotiate storage fees with the shop, but I can also conduct an investigation uh, for liability. So that's a skill set that not a lot of people uh, have their eye on simply because even though it it besides besides the deployments for catastrophe or maybe daily claims which may go anywhere from a few weeks to a few months I've seen liability deployments go up to 18 months I've seen it so to have something extra and to be able to move between disciplines of insurance actually makes you more valuable in the IA world to yourself, to the insurance company, to the IA firm, and that everybody wins. So you don't have to worry about, oh my God, I have to wait until hail season, or oh my God, I have to wait until this. When it's slow season for a cat, there may be work and liability. When working, li working liability never slows down, by the way. So it's well, it, it piggybacks on auto damage claims. So for those who might not understand, auto damage claims are when two cars hit each other or a car hits a tree, whatever the case may be. And we as auto damage appraisers or adjusters, we're used to the idea of we go out, we look at the damages, that hood needs replaced, we replace it, put it in a system, sit off an estimate. But then there's this other adjuster, this nebulous inside adjuster who's sitting there actually working for the insurance company or on behalf of them saying, did they have coverage? What coverage does it fall under? Who's at fault if there's more than one person involved? And coming up uh, with a decision of how, who, where that money has to be spent and by who? Is it by my insurance company or is it the other person's insurance company? And we won't get too far into that, but that means that every time there's a car wreck, which is every day, there's mm -hmm. a car claim investigation, an auto damage inspection, and there's a liability investigation going on, which means there's work year round in those two disciplines, which is why we think it's so important that you consider not just property, because that's the home run stuff and everybody loves that. That's great. Get that when it's there like now. Um, but if, if you're having trouble continuing to work with that, look at other things like desk adjusting or liability adjusting things like auto damage or heavy equipment claims, things that will keep you working in between the storms. So long-term, your plan will work because the biggest reason most people don't 
succeed as independent adjusters in my mind once they get their first taste of a storm is it because they don't like it most people love it it's because they can't survive between the storms they can't right. go from uh, um from you know katrina to um what is that goodness uh sandy and then from sandy to irma or whatever this three four year span of not too busy of a few slow seasons but if you can learn to navigate each month adding income and revenue and tools to your tool belt and making your business you more versatile Mm -hmm. you're going to have income year round or you could choose to if you need it not everybody will some will just wait but if you need that, you can do that. So, TJ, anything you want to close with before we end this episode? Save money. <laughs> That's huge. That's huge. So one thing that I have learned, uh, and I probably did it in my first year, I, I spent a lot more money than I probably should have. Because at during my first storm, which was Harvey, I made a lot of money. So that was probably the most money that I had ever made. Uh, I didn't really do a good job. And I'm being honest, I didn't do a really good job at saving. So to be honest with you, with what I made in a month on a storm, I could have lived off of a third of that and put the rest away and, and created a surplus or created a reserve for either the next storm or for me to live off of until I made my next move. So that's something that's financial planning is so crucial to your success because I've seen people walk away from the IA arena and go and get an insurance staff job. And there's absolutely nothing wrong with that, especially when you have structured training, structured training, there's nothing wrong with that at all. But I've seen people have to go out and they give up because they weren't prepared for the what's next. Or now that the storm is over, what now? And you've already blown through all of your money, you know, that you made on the storm that potentially depending on what your lifestyle is. Like for me, looking back at it and moving forward, I've done this. I live off of a third of what I make on the storm. And I put the rest in the reserve so that I'm not financially stressed. I can still pay my bills. If I want to travel, I can still do that. Because really, that's what being an IA is. It's about claiming your life and the freedom of being your own boss. So once you have that in mind, you're going to do great. You'll do great. Awesome. All right, guys, if you have questions, feel free to email them uh, to me at chris at iapath.com or to tj at iapath.com, particularly if it's a desk uh, question. She is much more uh, equipped to handle those questions. But until next episode, uh, keep walking your path and claiming your life. And, you know, go get this storm if the opportunity is right for you. But if it's not, don't worry. It's not the end of the world. You can find your next storm later this year in better planned fashion you need help with that that's what we're here for email us all right guys talk to you next time are you dreaming of a career in auto damage but find yourself not meeting the experience requirements You can try the first part of our seven-part auto damage certification for free. This allows you to dive deep into auto damage training with no strings attached. And if you love it, you can continue on and purchase the full program. With this certification, you gain not just in-depth knowledge and skills, but also an all-access pass to our exclusive community. 
a full year of mentorship, and yes, get the two to five year experience requirement waived with over 40 firms. Your future in auto damage begins today. Visit iPath.com to start your free trial and discover where iPath can take you. iPath. Claim your life.